Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Big show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a Big Show. Is everybody ready? Today is Tuesday, right? Take extra care to follow the instructions or you'll be put to sleep. And don't forget Taco Tuesdays. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Happy Tuesday. What's going on over there, Gordon? How are you? I'm having a good day. How are you doing today, Jakester? Good. Toddler had a swim lesson today. That was kind of cool. Did you get in the water with him? No, 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 no. no I just... I heaved, there splashing around? I just heaved her in and I said, well, you better learn is how that, to swim. Isn't that what the Vikings used to do? Probably. I don't I don't really. I'm not up on my Viking history. Me neither. Oh, that was, it was pretty cool. It was kind of a, a proud dad experience to, to watch her take a swim lesson. That was pretty awesome. It's the little things, Gordon, right? Make your day? <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah. It's good to have uh, have kids know what to do uh, when they're in the water. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's been a good day for me. What's going on with you? You wrote a column today? Yeah. Wrote uh, about Zane Anderson, BYU's... Uh, a linebacker who is going to play a big role in what the what the Cougars try to do defensively, and uh, he's a talented kid, twenty two year old senior. Last year was his senior year, but he got hurt, and under that rule that they have mm-hmm. uh, now, the four that, games, uh, four games, he uh, he could redshirt, and so he had the surgery in October on the shoulder, a torn labrum. You ever had a labrum problem? I have not. I don't even know what the labrum is. Knock you know? on wood, I have not. But uh, anyway, it's in the shoulder. I'm I'm surprised you wrote the column today. Why? Well, I thought you would have saved it until there was something else that you wanted to get out of. And then you would say, well, I've got my column to write. So that's how it's going to be. And by get out of, you're talking about helping my wife? Is that what you're No, no. I mean, like, you know, if there's a, a... a play, for example, that your family wants to go to. I, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say, shot in the dark here, like Cinderella or something. <laughs> I thought you would have kept it in reserve, uh, no. and then next time, you know, Cinderella rolled around, you'd be like, oh man, I've got this Zane Anderson column I gotta write. Well, all I can tell you is at least I'm not worried about my wife knowing where I am at all hours. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I found out yesterday that that is a major concern for you and I, that you want nothing to do with that, that you would want Naz to know nothing about your whereabouts. That's a violation of your rights, apparently. It is. And I think you're just bothered. And by the way, I love it. We've got shots fired already. Today is going to be spicy. Uh, but I love it. You're you're just uh, jealous because I have the the stance on that particular topic of uh, being tracked by your spouse that you should have, given your ideals and how you usually look at the world. But you're just jealous that I I am holding up your standards. Oh yes, I would have missed out of of trust. Before track, well, trust got nothing to do with it, man. I want my wife to know where I am in case I need her help. You don't think uh, you don't think the cops would reach out to her, huh? 
or <laughs> oh, medical yeah. or medical she, personnel she or might you know be able to help better than anybody else can I'm, I'm just saying you wish you had I my stance I want her to know where I am you wish you had my stance on this particular subject but you can't and I understand that it's okay but I know deep down <laughs> you Wait know it, why can why can you have you take your stance but I can't uh I don't think it's up to you Oh yeah, it is. I don't. I don't. I don't think it. I don't think it's your call, and that's okay. I get it. <laughs> Why is it your I, call, I, I but not it. my call? I don't know. I don't. I don't. You know, um, pretend to understand your relationship. <laughs> Check back with me after thirty-six years of bliss. But see, you're doing something right. That's why I'm not criticizing. I'm just not. I'm just saying it's. You know. Don't call it, my wife on that bliss. Thing. I don't know how it's <laughs> going for her, but it's pretty good for me. There's no. There's no <laughs> criticism because you. You've. You figured it out, and you have a wonderful relationship, and I admire that about you. <laughs> but I don't think that this is your decision. So you have to defend where you're at. I get it. But I think deep down you you agree with me in principle about uh, how we don't need to be uh, – I don't need to be tracked by anybody. <laughs> and that goes against I, my rights no, no, as an no, American. No. The only person that I would want to be tracked by is my wife. No, the only person you'd want to be tracked by is no one. <laughs> because I'm a man of mystery? Because- That wants to go around cloaked? Because you're- You're a, like the Klingons or whatever in Star Trek, or is it the Romulans? Who has the cloaking device? Do you know, Austin, you're kind of a- uh, Harry Potter, it, I believe. It's the Klingons. And the I, Klingons? I'm not even a big Trekkie, but that's it. <laughs> so that's that's you. You, you, have the clo- you want the cloaking device. You want no one to know, including your beautiful wife, Naz, who should know where you are, but you want nothing to do with that. because Why? Because you want to stay mysterious. You do not want to give up your right to do whatever you want without anyone knowing. I reserve the right to be a free, red-blooded American, Gordon. <laughs> My freedom is important to me. I, but isn't it important to share with your lovely We share wife? plenty. And in fact, I'll share my location with her at any time. All she has to do is say, hey, what are you doing? And I'd be I'm happy to give her an honest even, answer because uh, there's no, a lot of trust on. in I'm our relationship. I'm surprised you even answer that. Oh, I'm, a, I'm surprised you're not offended when she asks. I'm fine. Why do you want to know? She can ask. I'm a red-blooded American. I should be able to go wherever I want, and it's none of your beeswax. That's essentially what you're saying here. We just don't need a tracking device to trust (laughs) each other. That's not. That's not not a a necessity. It's not a matter of. It's not a matter of. uh, It's a matter of caring. So why do you have it turned on all the time? Instead of when you're camping in the Uintas alone, which <laughs> I would, do you want to know? Which I would understand, but twenty four seven. And Austin was right yesterday. We said you go like two places. So what does she need to, to track you to those places for? What's next the time, of your question? two you, places, man. I'm a man about town. Next man. time, I go all kinds of places. Next time you tube down the Colorado River. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this is a great way to start the show. It is. I'm so excited for it the is. day. Uh, we've got a lot to do today. Bowler's going to be here at the top of the five o'clock hour. You can run this past Bowler if you want to, but my guess <laughs> See is. See if he's a red blooded American man who exactly. should be able to wander at to his leisure, relish his freedoms, <laughs> to come and go wherever he pleases. All right. So Bowler will be here at the top of the five o'clock hour. Actually, we have a. a How does Naz feel about this whole thing? By the way, she's fine with it. I mean, but if she had her druthers, would she want to kind of be able to 
not 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 nose into your business, but just know where you are in, in case that she needed to know. She knows where I am like 99.9% so, of the time. So what's the difference? Because I don't want some device tracking me. <laughs> the device is tracking you whether you want it to or not. I don't need... Your phone is listening to you all the time. All you that have, uh, what's it called? What's the what's device at home that you say? Alexa? A lot, Alexa. Which we don't have, by or, the way. Or do you have anything like that? Nope. Oh. Well, everyone who does, listening all the time to your conversations. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that are willing to trade their so privacy Big Brother, for convenience. So if Big Brother is watching you, why not your wife? Uh, because uh, I can control that. Is that what you're after, control? No. I'm after my freedom. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> Nobody freedom. needs to be tracking me. And right. she knows where I am all the time. And if she doesn't, she says, hey, what you doing? But what if it's she not called that you hard. and couldn't get a hold of you? Let's say you slipped in the bathroom Again, and broke your nose and knocked yourself out. She would want to know where you, what's going on. Well, I'm not 105 years old. And next time <laughs> next time I go uh, camping by myself, I'll make sure to turn that GPS on just in case I encounter a bear. Okay. <laughs> a bear. <laughs> yeah, bears are out there, man. All right. Let's, let's talk some football, shall we? Camp's getting underway. People are. are pretty juiced about it. Let's yeah. let's get things started. Austin Horton behind the glass. Austin, if you please. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 975-1280 the zone. And the zone sports network. You talk about the standard is the bowl. And you know, I don't have any problem with that, but my standard is a little bit better than last year. Is that fair? Sure. Eight wins would be a little bit better. And if you can cobble eight wins out of this year's schedule, I think you're a really good football team. There's just enough danger spots on this schedule this year to where if you're playing in a bowl game, you're pretty good. If you're winning eight games, I think you're really good. Anything beyond that, I think you're even better than maybe lofty expectations might have been in the preseason. They can change coordinators all they want until I see them actually have an effective and explosive passing game. I'm going to have my doubts. Do you think this year will be better? I guess I'd start off with, could it be worse? I mean, it does have to be better, and I think it will be. There's some guys that seem to have the potential to do it, but 30 catches in 13 games isn't necessarily going to get it done. So they need some guys to step up other than Britton Covey, and especially if Covey is going to take a couple weeks to get completely healthy. I agree with you, PK. They need to be able to throw the football. All right, let's talk a little college football with camps opening. It is the split story of the day, brought to you by Sound Sleep Medical. If you snore at night or currently using a CPAP machine to treat sleep apnea, Sound Sleep Medical can improve your life. Visit soundsleepmedical.com. By the way, Jordan uh, on Twitter is is hilarious, who says uh, Monson needs his wife to know where he is in case he can't get the freezer door closed. You know, our freezer door's been acting up again. <laughs> you know, this is another one of those stories that gets takes on a life of its own. That was a complicated mechanical fix. The peas were in the way. No, they weren't. That's not what it was. I could have done that. <laughs> you could have done whatever she did. All right. Anywho, camp's getting underway. Gordon College football is coming. You heard Greg Rubel right there, yeah. followed by Dirk Facer uh, with DJ and PK. And, and I know uh, across the station, because I know Tony and Austin hit on this a bunch today, but expectations have been a big topic of conversation. Good thing, bad thing. What exactly are they? And uh, I thought it would be fun to weigh in on that a little bit, Gordon. What do you expect 
Now let's start with the Utes, but we'll get to the Cougs as well and uh, and the Aggies. But what do you honestly? What do you think are fair expectations for the University of Utah this year? Well, one of the most fascinating aspects to this whole thing is we've seen two seasons with the Utes in the last fifteen where they have taken care of their business every single week. Now position that against PK talks about this often uh, with his own experience and following the Devils, that there are these trap games all over the place when you're playing the Pac-12. So Utah now, can they accomplish within the Pac-12 structure what they did back in the day a couple times? And I find that fascinating. Uh, I, and I don't know the answer to it. I, I think they have the personnel, they have a lot of talent, and they have some depth, but can they actually do it in the Pac-12 the way they did it in the Mountain West? And I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Well, clarify something for me, like they did in the Mountain West. So you're talking about an undefeated season. Well, I mean, I, you know, who would predict the Utes to be Because I, I don't think that they I, can no, do no, that. No, I, I get that. But even if they have a slip-up here or there, how much can they limit it? Can they limit it enough to, to, to go to the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. which is really the goal for the Utes? And that would be really, really cool for their fan base if they could do that. I've talked about that a lot. Uh, can they limit the mistakes and can they avoid the injuries so that they can do those things? I mean, they're picked by the media to win the Pac-12. Can they do it? And I don't know the answer. That's what. That's one of the really cool things about it is we don't know. We don't know how good they can be. We don't know what kind of challenges they're going to face. Maybe. They're um, good enough to, I think. But is that fair to expect? Because I don't, I don't think that's fair a to— A conference e- championship? No, I don't. I think a division championship I think absolutely is well, fair. Well, they did that last year. It's the one thing left for Kyle Whittingham to accomplish. I know, but it's, it's really— Really difficult. Well, just because it's not easy doesn't mean— I got it. it you know, no, I get it. And I think it's possible, but I don't— You don't think the expectation should be that they should win? I mean, that, that's to what the media thinks. to win the conference. Yeah. I, I think the media with votes and actual what's fair to expect, I think, sometimes aren't, in an, aren't the same thing. Oh, I think the fan base would disagree with you. I think it's fair to expect them to win the division and do that handily. I don't know if it's fair to expect a Rose Bowl. It's certainly not fair to expect a, a college football playoff. Well, they are the favorite. I got it. I, I, I hear you. So you I, think, According to a bunch of bozos in the media, I got it. Do you think the media is wrong? No, not necessarily. If I had to, Who to would you pick? pick to have the best chances, probably Utah. But I don't think it's fair to just expect it to happen. I think there are going to be other really good teams in the way, not to mention other teams that are perfectly capable of beating Utah, even though you wouldn't necessarily pick that. And PK makes that point a bunch, and I, I think yeah, he's— that, that was I, what I said yeah, originally. Yeah, I, I think he's, that's the, that's he's spot the on to just—the Mountain West was so different because they played—well, in the case of Utah in 08, they played three games that year. That's it. They played Oregon State, they played TCU, and they played BYU. And the rest of it was, was not competitive. But they had, or not going to be competitive. But That's they, a, there's you know, a lot. Yeah, but you know how it is inside the conference, and this will back up what you're saying, actually, in the Pac-12 context, that you have these teams that understand you and who know you, and you have rivalries within the conference, and you did in the Mountain West, and, of course, the Utes will have that again this time around, only with uh, – Amplify. 
But the difference between the 08 Colorado State Rams and this year's Cal Bears is Cal has good players, too. Right. I get that. But Cal Utes, beat, Cal beat Washington have, last year. But the Utes have really good players. Right. They, they, have, they have kept up with the challenge. But to expect them well, was, to, to go to the Rose Bowl. I was there have it at be... Levi Stadium this last year when they were playing for a Pac-12 championship. They didn't get it done last year. Now it's time for them to kick that door in, to quote Bum Phillips. All right, let's talk about the Cougs for uh, a moment. What is fair to expect out of BYU? Well, let's look at their schedule right now. You tell me which games BYU will be favored in, all right? Utah? Uh, not likely. Actually, they're not. At, ten- at Tennessee? They're not going to be favored there. Uh, playing host to USC? Not going to be favored there. Playing host to Washington? Not likely. Toledo? At Toledo? Mm, that one will be close because Toledo's supposed to be pretty good. South Florida in Tampa? They might be favored in that one. Boise State in Provo? Uh, depending on how it goes for Boise, they might be favored Remember in that Boise one. Remember, Boise State was picked to win uh, Mountain yeah, West. Yeah, but huh? Boise, they have to find a new quarterback, and they're turning over a lot, too. They're a bit of a question mark. Okay, then at Utah State? Um, Aggies, probably, depending on how it goes. But but why are we saying who's going to be favored? Well, because I'm trying well, to figure out if if you're looking at this and you're trying to be realistic about their schedule. So so far, they've maybe been favored in maybe one game out of all of those, maybe two. I know, but I want to find out not what Vegas expects. I want to know what you expect. Well, I I expect but, them to be to win at least one of those first four games, and I think that's fair to expect. Expect one. Of the four, so they if they start the season one and three, I wonder what that does for them heading into uh, those games. I mean, Toledo is a game that Toledo's got a fine football program back there. They're one of those programs that doesn't have isn't in the marquee, but they're they're pretty good. Uh, and then South Florida, we know a little bit about them. Boise State will always be difficult for BYU to 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 beat that team. Possibly, yeah, I guess Utah State. I don't know what uh, well, I don't know what the Cougars can do against the Aggies, but that's certainly a dangerous game. And then you have Liberty, Idaho State, UMass. You would expect BYU to win those three, and San Diego State. So when we heard Greg Rubel talking about uh, eight wins for the Cougars, I'm not sure I'm seeing where those eight wins are coming from. It'd be tough. And I'm I guess I'm breaking it down a little bit more finite with with BYU because I think. We don't expect BYU to, to win ten games, and I don't think it's fair to. But would it be would it be unfair to expect them to win two out of three against Utah State, Boise State, and San Diego State? It's a good question. I, because I that's don't know. that's three of the best teams in the Mountain West Conference, mm-hmm. and BYU, in all honesty, should be on the same level as the top of the Mountain West Conference. I think that's fair to expect most years. Okay. Yeah. So if if that's where they are or that's where we expect them to be, I think they should be able to win two out of those three games. 0-3 would be a disaster. 1-3, depending on how it went, maybe you could stomach that. So if they get one win against the, the, the big four teams that they play off the bat, and then they get two of those games that you're talking about, okay, so that's three, and then Liberty, Idaho State – that's five. UMass, that's six. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at 
And if you can get Toledo, that's seven. Yeah. I'll tell you. And that's not easy. That's Mm-mm. not easy, but I think that's fair. I think six to seven wins I think is fair. Eight's going to be tough. Which is more likely, BYU winning eight games or BYU beating Utah? BYU beating Utah. Yeah, I agree with that because that's a one-time deal. Yep. You're playing on your home field. You can with, – with how emotional they are down there, and I'm not saying – I'm not picking BYU to beat Utah, but sometimes emotion can make up for lack of talent. The Utes are more talented than BYU – but, man, in talking to the players down there in Provo, they are fired up about that game. So we'll see how it goes on their home field. Are the Utes the better team? I think they are. What's fair to expect of the local teams this year? You can tweet us at Jake Scott's own, at Gordon Monson. Include Austin in the conversation as well, at Austin Horton. Uh, we'll have more coming up straight ahead. It is a Tuesday edition of The Big Show here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Yogi Roth, join us once again for the Pac-12 Network. We know what's right with the Utes. Why would that be the wrong pick? What should you fans be worried about? Injury, number one. Tyler Huntley hasn't been healthy since he's been the starter. That's the number one thing that they'd be concerned with. The number two would be SC. You know, SC, they're going to put up points on the air raid. So they can get it together, skill-wise, scheme-wise, and then most importantly, can handle the mental side of it. When they're down, they're scary. Their backs are against the wall. You know, they're primed like every team to prove the world wrong. But they've got the ability and the staff and the players to do it. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Monson, Jake Scott, it's a Total Request Tuesday. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Austin, explain today's Total Request Tuesday and its theme. So uh, I saw this retweeted by someone else. Zach Wilson's mom, who's very active on Twitter, sent out a question earlier today looking for your favorite pump-up or weightlifting help music. Songs that help you get excited and motivate you. So I thought we'd... uh, uh, steal from her. Okay, I like it. What and is- this is Jorge Quintero, A Thousand Revelations. All right. I know what Gordon's answer would be. What? Dreamweaver? I was going to say, <laughs> let's get physical with by uh, I hate that song. Olivia Newton-John. You love Olivia. I like Olivia, but I hate that song. You even somehow scored free tickets to her concert in Vegas. Yeah. Try to take away my <laughs> This isn't the song I would pick to get pumped up by. I just think this is kind of this song brings back good memory. Good memories, huh? Mm-hmm. Like it was blaring on the eight track during a a necking session of some sort. <laughs> yeah. it's just you know you measure your life according to songs, you know, and that was that was a good time. 
Well, in in your uh, footsteps of hating on anything uh, that I'm excited about from Band of the Day, I hate Dreamweaver. That has got to be the worst <laughs> song ever made. I remember the day that was our Band of the Day, just that song. Uh, over, there were, there were two over. songs. <laughs> there were two. All I, right. I don't like this song. I mean, maybe you do. Well, if you want to participate, you can tweet at Austin Horton and let him know what you want to hear, what you get pumped up to. If you had this to get, is Gordon Santa, uh, for no, sure. Not at all. If you had to get fired up, what song would you pick? You know what song would be not bad one is uh, TNT. Mm-hmm. I like that song. Sorry, right now I'm just picturing you huffing and puffing on the treadmill. So let's get <laughs> physical. Leg warmers and yeah, all. Leg warmers and all. That even adds to it. That's a song. That dumb song. With the the neon headband. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let us know what what songs get you fired up. Hmm. What? I'm just thinking over Why are you, all of a sudden you've got a smirk on your face and you just go, hmm. (laughs) Hmm. That means I don't have to say everything I'm thinking. Hmm. All right, you ought to call them today, sltrib.com. You had a chance to uh, sit down and chat with Zane Anderson. Didn't know. I don't know if people know this, but he, he plays at BYU. He does. Uh-huh. He's, uh huh. Headline, BYU Zane Anderson is set to star in BYU's defense if his body cooperates. Pretty magical headline. I did not write that headline, but... Yes, uh, he's uh, he's got to stay healthy, and that's the big thing. I he he runs like a four four ish forty. I think it's four four in a fraction. And if you do that, then you're gonna get you're gonna get uh, NFL scout size. On See, you. when you, I read that, and it's just me being a doubter in nature. But is he if if he's running a four four at two twenty five? Well, he's not two twenty five. It's what he would like to be, but he's not. I mean, there are the the majority of the NFL isn't running a four four at that weight. So I, if that's I, true, I, I mean, man, yeah. he is he is he's gonna, not he's not that weight. He's like probably closer to two fifteen. But still, I mean, if that's that's incredible. I mean, that is that is real speed. That is real speed. If if he can do that at a linebacking position, yeah, and and we saw glimpses of it. Right, and I I thought you telling the story of last year's struggle where he he played with that labrum issue through four games. I mean, he's obviously tough, mm-hmm. and we did see some glimpses of it last year. And I I liked your column because I think he is really key to what BYU is going to do this year. I mean, Sione Taki Taki was just remarkable. Think about mm-hmm. that Wisconsin game last year, yeah. Gordon. He's basically the reason you owe Austin and I dinner. <laughs> Well, he's a big part of it. Seen few games like that where he was everywhere on every play. It was unbelievable. And I don't know if Zane can do that, but that's what BYU linebackers need to do. I mean, and they've had the talent in the past. It seems like they've had a real line of studs going all the way back through Broncos run. And if he can be the latest line of that, I think it's really key. And uh, BYU, you know, their coach is a defensive guy. And I think their defense needs to be rock solid. And then we'll see what uh, what the young quarterback can do on the other side. But I think he's going to be really key to that. Yeah, and he's, he, I asked him about the defense, and he says these guys are good. He said uh, they may be uh, being slept on a little bit right now, that they are better than what their name is. But like Tonga up front, I mean, that guy's a stud. Yep. I mean, that guy has to be double teamed. Does he not? Yeah, he's going to be great, and he's so, huge. 
So that should free up the the guys up front. And Isaiah Kafusi is also on that line in that linebacker core. The other guys going to have to are young, and they're going to have to learn in a hurry. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Can I tell you uh, what I'm worried about? Especially sure. after listening to Hans today, who who gave a really great breakdown of of BYU's um, status at corner. Mm-hmm. They're a little thin there. And then Mick Chesney retiring yesterday. That certainly didn't help. But I I'm worried about. Uh, Diane Guanaloku. You're worried about his ability or about him getting hurt or what? I'm worried about Utah for the most part and now BYU under Kalani. They've done a nice job about getting players bigger to move to different positions. But when they've had to go back and forth, it hasn't been so great. And they moved him to safety in spring and they're going to move him back to corner because they're so thin at corner. And it's, it's, it's one thing to say, "Hey, Diane, we need you to put on 15 pounds," but then to turn around midsummer <laughs> yeah, and say, "Lose that weight." We were just kidding. Uh, think of um, Utah did it with uh, with Brian Blecken. Remember, they yeah. kept trying to move him to linebacker, but then they were th- so thin at safety, they were like, "Oh, we're just kidding about that. We need you to trim back down again." And that's hard. When that's has, hard to do. When has BYU ever not been thin, in as far as numbers go, in the defensive secondary? Seems like that's always been a trouble area. For well, that's why Bronco scrapped the three three five. Yeah, remember he when yeah. he first got to BYU and they were running that stack, and then Bronco was like, "Oh wait, we have a tough time getting defensive backs, <laughs> but we have great linebackers. Let's let's switch this up a little yeah. bit." Yeah, but yeah, no, 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 it's it's not a new problem. Yeah, but I think Diane is is somebody that they have with with a lot of talent, and I think at corner he could succeed. I think at safety he can succeed. It's just unfortunate that now he has to go back to corner when I'm sure he's been preparing to be a safety since spring. Yeah, and I'm I'm uh, I, I'm upset because I can't pronounce his name ever right. Well, I don't yeah. know if I got it right this time, but I've been trying to get it in my brain. Guanaloco, Loku, thank you, Austin. Ever since I screwed it up at BYU Media Day last year, right in front of his face, I've been been trying. What did he say it was? No, he okay. So I asked him before we went on the air. I said, I know you've been around forever, and I should just know this off the back of my but pronounce your name for me. And he pronounced his name, and then I introduced him as Lord knows what, but it was not his name. <laughs> it was something totally I different. I just could not get it to stick into my into my brain. Who do you think BYU's defensive MVP will be this year? Might be Zane Anderson, if he can stay healthy. Yeah. He said the two things that he has to do to prove to NFL scouts that he's worth a draft pick. One— Keep the weight on, stay around at least at 220, and two, stay healthy. I think his ability is going to show itself if he is healthy. I I think he's going to have a big, big year if he's healthy. And that's an area uh, of concern for him. And the weird thing about it is he said, I cannot play conservative. I've got to go all out. It's the same. It's that cliche that you always hear. If you don't go all out, then you're more likely to get hurt when you're trying not to get hurt. And so he's going to go all out. Not saying that there are these. They already tweaked his hip flexor. Yeah, way to blow up the injury report there, Gordon, and float that out there on the call. (laughs) Nice. Um, It it feels a little bit, not that they're the same player by any means, but it feels a little bit like the conversation we had last year about Chase Hansen. Yeah. He needs to stay on the field uh-huh. and and really have a baller season, which yeah. he did, but then got hurt at the end. 
uh, which is too bad because I think that that hurt him uh, as far as draft stock goes. But, but think, it feels but like a similar it. conversation, yeah. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy there. And Chase Hansen, what a player he was. Oh, yeah. And what a senior year he had. He was yeah. great. But that those injuries kept getting in the way. Yep. And uh, I hate that. I hate that about football. I hate that about in every sport. But when you have a guy who has great ability but uh, struggles at times to stay healthy, yeah, you just want to howl at the moon, you know. And I, I don't blame these guys for getting frustrated in that regard because they know they can help their team. He talked about that. He said watching the Utah game last year, he's just sitting there watching and how frustrating it is not to be able to contribute. Oh, I'm sure it is. There's a reason why when players go through injury issues, they come back with a different perspective. It almost always, always yeah. happens where they change kind of how they see things. And, and you can you can always hear it yeah. in, in what they say because that's really hard. Yeah. You, you said it in your column. I think you used the word isolated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of times players feel that way where they're isolated because there's – and, and uh, a former player like Hans or somebody probably could talk about this a little bit better. But there's always – when you look at somebody who's injured – there's this part of your mind that says, I don't want to be that. I, I can't, I'm not going to associate with that. I don't want to be that. You've got to be out of my mind because you're not going to be on the field. And I certainly don't want to be standing there next to you. So it's almost like, not that teammates intentionally ignore the injury, but there's a little bit of that, right? Well, Zane talked about, he used the word isolated, uh, lonely, lost, uh, because you're right. It's part of football. You know, you want to be out there and you want to be the tough guy. And like you said, he tried to play through it. And it was obvious that he was hurting. And so they they decided to to go ahead and do the surgery and uh, give him his senior year back. But when you're not involved in the games, you you no longer feel like you're part of the team. And even though I think he became a better player as far as learning the game, watching the game, understanding the game. And in spring ball, obviously he wasn't playing, but he was calling some of the defensive plays and learning the defense even more. And he said that benefited him in some ways. But he said for a long time, you just feel like, he said, who am I? You know, because these guys, their identity gets wrapped up in what they're doing. When you've got ability, you're a football player, right? That's, that's who you are. And if you can't play, are you still a football player? Right. Well, you're just sort of a, what, a hanger-oner. Yeah, it's got to be tough to go through. And, and tack on school and rehab and all the other stuff that, that goes into coming back from that injury, which yeah. is hard enough. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's it's very difficult. He said through. a couple other things real quick. Uh, he said, one, that uh, he, he's essentially graduated. He's got one class to go, so he can f- he can focus on all this stuff. And he, another thing he mentioned that I didn't have in there because it was long enough as it was, but he said the offense, he has confidence that the offense will help the defense this year because he said for almost his entire time at BYU, the offense goes out and it's on the field for about three minutes and then the defense has to trot back out there again. He thinks this offense is capable of holding on to the ball and churning some clock while the defense can uh, get rested up a little bit and be more effective in that regard. We've talked about the Utes being successful in that regard with, with uh, and the defense, the offense being structured to help the defense, not to hurt the defense. Well, BYU, I guess no surprise, Kalani Stocky down there, that he, he wants something similar in, uh, in Provo. 
All right, we'll have more coming up next. I want to remind you about the Tour of Utah podcast up at 1280thezone.com. It includes how to train for the summer of cycling and the best spots to catch the upcoming Tour of Utah race. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Give me the VHS of Mighty Ducks. We got to fire these fellas up. That'd be a terrible, <laughs> terrible example. First of all, they got Banks, and that was questionable. Okay, that should have Adam Banks. That, that Variance was, rules need to be looked. Goldberg was very underrated, and I thought he was yeah, poorly utilized and coached up. Jesse and Terry were by far the best uh, and should have been in their first lineup and wasn't. Bombay got far more credit than he deserved. And by the way, Conway's the captain because you're with his mom. That's great. Hmm. Something's fishy there. We've all seen that before. Bad lesson to teach your team. Mighty Ducks, I know they, they play on the emotional side, but that was... I won't let my kids ever watch it. I think I'll it shows right what's now. wrong with Little League Sports. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Shout out to Jeremy. Requested this on a Total Request Tuesday. It is the big show. Why? Because we're getting fired up today. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, if you have a suggestion, music that gets you fired up, tweet at Austin Horton. And uh, if Austin likes your submission, maybe he'll play it <laughs> if you're nice to him. Uh, Gordon, it seems like a huge national topic today. We'll get back to local stuff coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. But uh, LeBron James and his behavior at uh, his son Bronny's AAU game. And we've seen a couple things, right, as as LeBron has uh, been AAU dad. He butted into the huddle a few weeks ago. And now we're seeing him... Uh, run onto the court. Well, we're seeing him run on the court to celebrate, and we're seeing him do dunks in the layup line with, with Bronny's team. And now people are out there talking about whether this is... Uh, what you think about LeBron's behavior mm-hmm. at his son's game. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, sports parenting is always a big topic conversation because there's a lot of bad behavior out there. But what do, what do you uh, think about this well, whole thing? Well, two ways of looking at it. One is, hey, he's involved in his kid's life. The question is, is he too involved? That's the question. And, look, not being involved at all is a lot worse than being involved too much, in my opinion. Although... There was that whole Marinovich thing. Yeah. Uh, got a little out of hand. Yeah, sports parents, it can be bad. And I've seen it. Yeah. I have seen it in my experience. You've seen it in your experience. I have seen parents that have absolutely gone nuts. Uh, way too involved, too emotional about the whole thing. And that to the point of being detrimental to the development of their own kids and embarrassing to their own kids. What is, is LeBron being embarrassing to Bronny? Is he embarrassing his kid, or does his kid think it's cool? Because let's face it, LeBron James is different than you and me and everybody else. Yep. And it's almost like he—that's, and we can second guess his motives in this whole thing. Does he care about his kid? Does he want to be involved in his kid's life? I think that's true. On the other hand, does he want to draw attention to himself? 
that's the that's the kicker for me. The thing that bugs me about LeBron is yes, he makes everything about LeBron, and that does bug me about this situation. But however, and I, I want to be fair because I try to be fair when I can. Uh, <laughs> only when you can. Only when you agree with me. I I don't want to criticize somebody that um, is navigating this thing we call fatherhood and doing the best that he can because I'm discovering firsthand that that can be extraordinarily difficult. And I think it's great that he's supportive of his kids and he's at those games and that sort of thing. That's what I said. Yeah. Yeah. No, I am. I'm agreeing with you. I'm Uh I'm just articulating my own opinion Ah. on the matter. All right. I think that's that's terrific. That said, let it be about your kid and, and don't. Bring all the spotlight on yourself. And then, second-guessing myself again, put yourself in one of Bronny's teammates' shoes. Wouldn't it be cool to have LeBron James come it, out into your layup cool, line but, and dunk, do, you but know? But do you want – is that his name, Bronny? That's what everyone calls I him, I think right? he's LeBron Jr., and okay. everybody calls him Bronny. Yeah. But do you want Bronny getting all the attention? Yes, because that's his AAU game. It's his – I know, but it's it, everybody else's, too, that's on the team. Right. But you've let and LeBron it, is is I don't know is LeBron acting that way when the teammates do well? I think the the one everybody worked up is worked up over where he when came he onto dunked. the court. Yeah, was that yeah. was that Bronny or was that a teammate? No, that was that was Bronny. Was it Bronny? Yeah, I think okay. so. Um, I just let it let it, it it I would think, and again, I I don't know his family situation, so I I, I tread carefully, but I I would think there's a lot of pressure being LeBron James's son. Don't, wouldn't you think that? So does this add more pressure? Right. I, if I was, if I were LeBron, I'd be asking myself that question: Am I, am I helping? You know, what's in my son's best interest, or am I making it more difficult on him by casting more of a spotlight? Because I, 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 it's got to be tough. Well, we right? wouldn't even be talking about his kid if he weren't behaving this way. Exactly. And so is this is this a page out of uh, uh, Mr. Ball's playbook here? Where you want to bring attention to your kids so that it's a marketing ploy? Maybe. But and I like don't know you how said, I feel about that. That creates more pressure. Right. So, I mean, if I were LeBron James, and I'm not, but if I were, I would sit back. I would, I would stand stay in the back. corner. Yes. Yeah. I'd go to it. I'd want to be involved as much as I could, but I would not be a part of the show. Well, certainly the the offensive one was him butting into the huddle, like essentially like pushing the coach aside. And yeah. this this one, that one was weeks ago. That one I would have an issue with because how what's that AAU coach supposed to do? You know, how is he supposed to coach a team? What is he supposed to say? Excuse me, Mister James, but this is my team. <laughs> I mean, he's never going to do that, right? That no. one. That one. I. I mean, come on. I. I suppose him jumping on the court and be really excited. Jumping on the court, but why do you need to run out onto the court? I know. I agree with you, but I. I. Be excited for your kid. No, no, it, it, I get that. It's pretty tough to criticize a parent being pretty fired up for his well, kid. Well, yeah, but I've criticized parents like that for a long, long time now. Well, the— Because I've seen it a lot. My kids being involved in junior sports, I've seen parents act out and be crazy But see, is times. it is the—I guess I'm drawing the line between sports parent—a sports— let me put it this way. My mom, when she was uh, when I was growing up and she was watching me play baseball and that sort of thing, she was the loudest parent in— in the stands, but she was always positive, one hundred percent of the time, with uh-huh. the whole team. Sure, she she'd cheer for everybody. She'd cheer loudly. It was never critical. It was never anything like that. Her th- her whole thing was it was always positive. Well, that's because she didn't have a whole lot to cheer about with her own son, so she had to cheer for everybody else. Well, don't lump, lump my brother into this. He was very <laughs> successful. 
Maybe maybe with me, but no, he was no, a no. he was a better athlete. I don't than me. think anybody minds that kind of right. Parent. So so if LeBron yeah. is jumping up and down and he's excited right. and he's being uberly positive, it's tough for me to say. All right, just stay off the court, LeBron. Right. Don't go out on and, the court, and you don't need to go viral. Yeah, it, that's not necessary. Uh-huh. And I just think, but I hope he knows his family dynamic where he's he's thinking about his son and and the pressure because it's I, I keep coming back to this, but it's got to be so hard to be LeBron James's son and play basketball, right? Maybe it would be different if he was a tennis player or a golfer or, or any other sport. Mm-hmm. But to be a basketball player and be LeBron James's son, that that absolutely cannot but be But that easy. is what LeBron is underscoring with his behavior. Right. This is my son. Yeah, that's true. This is my kid. And look, I'm here too. That's that's sort of what he's doing. And so while I don't want to criticize, I mean, I hesitate to criticize LeBron because I like the fact that he's involved in his kid's life. This is a positive. That part of it is positive. But the way he's going about it is perhaps, and like you said, you just don't want to criticize other people's behavior. But I've been doing that for a long time when I see if he were not LeBron James and he was just somebody's dad and he was running out onto the court and doing some of the things that he does. You would think, hey, buddy, get out of here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I because he's LeBron James, we're supposed to give him carte blanche and say, okay, have at it. You're LeBron. You can do whatever you want. No, and I don't think you should get that. And it does bug me that he brings all the attention on himself. It does. That does bother me. But I'm, I am trying to tread carefully because, you know, he knows his family dynamic and he knows his son and he's there. And that's great. But the sports parenting, yeah, that's that's a big issue. And if LeBron is is barking at other kids and doing that sort of thing and not 100% positive, I mean, that I have a problem with. But, I mean, if he's just getting overly excited because his kid made a good play and saying, way to go, there's, a, there's not anything wrong with that. If he's stepping on the coach's toes. He's running out on the court. He, he ran out on the court. Well, he kind of jumped and fist pumped on, out onto the court. But yeah, I hear you. And yeah, it's I mean, too most much. people would have gotten thrown out of the gym for doing that. Oh, I don't know about that. That's a little extreme. Have you seen parents run out onto the court in the middle of a tennis match or a basketball or out on the field during a football game? He didn't run out on the court. He and, ran and, out on the and court. hoist his kid onto his shoulders or something. <laughs> he just kind of jumped up off the baseline and and yeah, he made it too far. I got it. I don't disagree. Look, everybody, I'm here. I'm LeBron. I just, I'm I'm worried about Bronny. <laughs> somebody think about Bronny. I hope about somebody, <laughs> I hope somebody out there is thinking about Bronny. And I hope that's LeBron. I hope he's he's thinking about the situation that he puts his own son in. That's all. I think if the other players, if their parent was running out on the court or jumping into the huddle, people would wonder, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? So I like the support that LeBron is giving. He's there for his son. Okay, be there, but don't be the show. Let your son be the show. Yeah, but if you were playing Little League basketball, Gordon, and George Mikan's kid was on your team, <laughs> and and good old Mikan decided to do a few dunks in the pregame, you'd be pretty fired up about it, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> be like, yeah, that's right. George Mikan is dunking for my Little League team. Diggity dog. <laughs> what year did he play? What years did he? What was his maybe era? 50s. Was he the 50s? Yeah, I think so. so maybe, that would, maybe late 40s. So that wouldn't be that far off. That's not even an insult. <laughs> if if Mikan had a kid, that could that could have been your age. Man, I, 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 I think that there is a code of behavior that parents should follow. 
I've told you these stories before, Jake. I, I remember You've written one, about it before. One, yeah, I've written about it a lot. I remember going to a, a girls' softball game once, and the parents were climbing the backstop yelling at the umpire. Climbing the backstop. Screaming. We see this. You sure it wasn't Dave Fox? We see this. <laughs> we see this on the internet. A little all the time. joke there for you. <laughs> that's that's throwback to old school twelve eighty days. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh but you know, we see these things where parents run out on the field and get in a fight or do something that's just stupid. They're just like, No, you're not helping here. Get so support your kid, yeah, but don't Interfere, and it would appear that LeBron's not fighting anybody. Like the overall vibe of what LeBron did was maybe overzealous, sure, but not. It was. It struck me as positive. Yeah. Right. I guess, but I guess. I mean, but still, I, certainly that's better than being overly negative. And I've told you the story about my oldest daughter, and I had to learn this lesson, Jake, because I didn't know how to be a sports parent. I I, I did not know. And I was out, uh, I was out, uh, you know, I was watching my daughter play tennis and she was hitting the ball all over the place. And I'm standing next to her coach and I, and I said to her, I said, what, 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 what's going on? What, what are you doing with my daughter? He said, I'm really proud of her. I changed her grip and she's staying with what I told her to do. He said she could just switch her grip back and beat this opponent easily, but she's not doing that because I coached her to do this. And as the match was going on, I said, I said, Clark, this is hard to watch. Way to use his name. And he said, and he turned to me and he said something I never forgot. He said, it's a lot harder watching it with you. That's a pretty good line. That's actually a really I good line. I never forgot it. Yeah, that's and a good I, line. And from that point on, I said, that's it. I'm bottling up everything I do. You know, I can be positive, but I am not going to to interfere here. I am not going to try to influence my kid in any kind of negative way, or you know, so it's you got to learn these things. But I've seen parents who are really good at it, and I've seen parents that really struggle in this regard. All right, stay tuned. Glad we got to the bottom of that one. We'll have more college football coming up, more NBA as well. Bowler's going to be in the house top of the five o'clock hour. Stay tuned. It is the big show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. From the Mercury News, John Wilner. I think all of us were fairly confident that Utah would be picked to win the South Division. I was a little surprised that they were picked to win the entire thing. You know, I was one of those who picked them to win the whole thing. If you think Utah's a heavy favorite in the South, then it's just one game for that Pac-12 championship against the North winner. And I've picked them to beat Oregon. I just think it'll be a good matchup for them. You know, they can take away Oregon's strengths on the offensive line and with Justin Herbert. But that's really what it came down to to me is, okay, Utah's clear pick in the South. Can they win that one game? And the the experience from last year, I think, will will help them considerably if they get to Levi Stadium. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.